Blog Talk Radio. I want to ask you a question, and that is, what is in your life's blueprint? This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for what you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go, 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 go. Over 24 million people that are going to lose health insurance. You can't continue to play with people's emotions like this, okay? Politics may be a game to you because you're in Washington, but it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. But it's not a game to us. Again, I refer back to a civilized society where no one, not even the President of the United States, is above the law. However, Trump has a blatant disregard for the law, and he only likes it when he stands to benefit from it. How selfish, 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 selfish. You're now listening to The Provocation. You're now listening to The Provocation. Real people, real conversation. Real people, real conversation. You ready? You ready? Let's go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Looks like we back with another one. Another conversation. Another conversation about what's going on in the nation. <laughs> you got it? I drop I drop a couple verses every now and then, you know. Okay. I got bars every now and then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Woo! But in case you didn't know, you listen to the provocation, real people, real conversations. My name is Ron, one half of the dynamic duo, and as always, I got my boy with me. And I'm Ronald L. Felton, the father and son tag team. The views on this podcast are clearly. The views of my son and myself, and not of any organization that either of us may be affiliated with. With that being said, we welcome you to episode 78 and season three of the provocation. Yes, indeed. Like we always say about this time, if you listen to live, we appreciate the love. If you listen to the archive, we appreciate that too. Today is February 5th, 2019. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Damn, I mean January over already, man. Good lord. All right, you're right about that. Like, we just had New Year's Eve. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess the, uh, I guess the it's, it feel like you know, and, no, and this is no disrespect to anybody that's older than me, but it feel like the older I get, the faster the time go, man. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will learn that. Yeah. I'll be fine. Yeah, where, maybe, where, where does time fly? Maybe it's because, you know, when you're stuck doing the same thing just about every day, you know, it just becomes routine, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. that, uh, you know, although I'm grateful for where I'm at, knowing what I know now, I did things a lot differently. And, um, yeah, might have been having a, yeah. might be filming a movie every day. Uh huh. You know. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm chilling, man. I got my wife, got my kids. You know, as long as they're cool, I'm cool. 
And, uh, you know, when I do want to get out and do something, I like to do it with them. Whether we go to Florida, right. try something new around here, you know, I get I get enjoyment, seeing enjoyment on their faces. That's what happens mm-hmm. when you're older. Get you a family, mm-hmm. you know. It ain't about yourself no more. Y'all need to learn that. A lot of y'all, a lot of y'all dudes need to learn that, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. let me get on my let me get on my soapbox real quick. Let me preach a little okay, bit. go ahead with you know it. You know, a lot of men. You know, as far as men go, we we get a bad rap. You know, what I'm saying we seem like every every song you hear, every movie you see, it's always like, oh, here he go again. It's the dude. He got a side woman. He messed up the girl feelings, and then you know. He got to do all this for them to get back together in the end. Come on, man. We don't want to go through that all the time. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you get older, you got to realize where your priorities is at, man. Got you a woman that'll do anything for you. You know, you may have some kids. They ain't about you no more. I'm about making nope. sure they okay. You know what I'm saying? We got to make yeah. that transition a little bit. A little bit faster in our lives, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't got no problem. You out there living your life, doing your thing, so be it. I'm just saying, when you find that one, don't mess it up. Especially if y'all got kids, man. You don't want your kid to go through that. Feel me? No. No. That's one thing. Anyway. um, Yep. No, go ahead, man. No, I was just saying that's one thing that um, relationships, marriage, uh, forces you to do is to think about others than yourself. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, and it take, thing is, it ain't easy. I ain't sitting here preaching as if I know how to do everything. All my life is trial and error. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everything yeah. is trial and error. You know, you, you basically you make a mistake, you learn along the way not to do the same stupid thing the next time. That's all it is. But, you know, some people never learn. That's what I'm talking to. You know I, what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, uh, you know, hey man, I don't know how it is where you at, but where I'm at, it was 71 degrees today. Uh yeah, I think it was uh, what was it, 57, something like that today here, and uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was the weather was nice, man. Yeah, Mother Nature playing games, man. I don't know what the hell she's been doing for the past couple of years. Yeah, I just One know day, that. Literally th- yep. Three days ago, I'm talking about the doors is frozen shut on the car. <laughs> yep, yeah. You got yep. to go out there and warm it up before you get in there so, so the kids ain't cold when you drop them off at school. Like, And then today it's 71 degrees. I'm like, well, make up your mind what you want to do. Yeah, because I try to I try to tell your mother to when she when she get out of the car when she parks it in the lot to have the temperature up so that when we started with the automatic starter the car would be you know somewhat warm and so forth. But she likes she likes to keep it around sixty something. You know I'm like hey man you got to warm this thing up for me. Keep what at sixty something the uh, the car. Yeah, man, she keep it at like 60, 67, 69. <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, nah, I would say like when it's in the wintertime, I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm, like, I'm like 77, 76 inside the car. 
I, you know, 67. That's yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I uh, turn it, uh, when I get in, I have my, well, when I start out, if I'm, if I'm driving in the morning, I usually try to set it at 85, or even, even if I'm not driving, I set the passenger side at 85, just so it warms up. Then once it's warmed up, then I'll break it down to, you know, into the seventies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was 71 degrees today, man. I, honestly, I, uh, I wish I didn't have to work because I'd have been riding my bike somewhere, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know? But it was a beautiful mm. day. Got to uh, open up the sunroof, bring the windows down a little bit. You know, it was all ruined after work after I got stuck in traffic for an hour and 15 minutes, you know? Right. I, I can't stand it. That's the, I'm going to tell you, man. If somebody wanted to aggravate the hell out of me, Mm-hmm. Like to the point where I will submit and do anything they told me to do. Just put mm-hmm. me in a car in traffic with somebody who's stupid. And I and I'll tell you right then and there, I'll do anything <laughs> you want me to do to get out of that situation. Mm-hmm. I promise you. I hate traffic and I hate stupid people. Seriously. Mm-hmm. The two things that aggravate me the most. Which is why I hate mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is definitely why I'm not watching the State of the Union night. Ha ha. What's that? That's definitely why I'm not watching the State of the Union tonight. Yeah, I think it's uh, you and me both. Uh, your mother, she's going to uh, keep an eye up on it because she wants to stay informed. So I'm going to let her do that part for me, and I'll just go go with the recap. I mean, that's cool. You know, I, I just, I'll find another way to stay informed, like maybe watching a clips or something or you know, seeing somebody's breakdown of what he was saying, but I just can't. I can't. I feel like I'm losing brain cells every time I listen to him speak. <laughs> and I want to keep as many brain cells as I got left. I'm just, I can't deal with the lies and the stupidity and just the arrogance. You know, the, I mean, to, to, sit, to sit there and make statements like nobody has worked as hard or has done as much as, as I've done uh, as president, um, Throughout the entire, throughout every presidency, nobody's ever worked as hard. That's, I mean, how, how you know, you make like that? I guess he's the greatest at everything. I That's understand. I remember, I remember uh, Muhammad Ali. I'm the greatest, but that was boxing. He was the greatest boxer. He felt he was the greatest boxer in the world. Yeah, but he went but this man himself. is great at everything. That's what I'm saying. Muhammad Ali actually went out and proved it. Sure, that's true you know too. Yep, it's true too. I'm trying to figure out what the only thing, personally, the only thing that I would give him credit for as far as his presidency is um, the criminal justice reform thing that he that ended up getting passed. I give him credit for that. I mean, he well, really didn't do nothing but sign it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but even even yeah, that was big too. But even because it's on his watch, he also gets credit for uh, the economy. You know, whoever's the president at the time, you know, they get the benefit of being in the office when the economy is doing somewhat good. And uh, right. he's getting credit for the continued the continue low unemployment rate. And the job numbers that came out for the end of January 
for like over 300,000 jobs. Now, they had to revise the numbers that came out in at the end of December, I guess, uh, from 300 and something down to 200 and something, you know. Right. But, yeah, I mean, more people are looking for work and stuff like that, and that's a good thing, you know. So I give, I give credit where credit is due, but I just don't want to – I don't want, I just feel that people will feel as long as it's not hurting them or his, or his mm-hmm. actions don't hurt them personally, or they, they haven't figured out that it does in fact hurt them, that right. they forget all of this other stuff that's going on. They forget about the, uh, the uh, the Mueller investigation and all that, you know. Yeah, I mean it is what it is, you know. But um, like I said, man, two things that aggravate me is traffic and stupid people, and that's the reason I won't be watching the the uh, State of the Union tonight. <laughs> um, you know, it's on you whether you want to or not. But I yep. see it. Although, although they're saying. That it's going to be some type of message of unity. I don't see that in his character, so I think it's going to be some more division. And honestly, I wouldn't be—I wouldn't be surprised if he took a swipe at Nancy Pelosi sitting right behind him, through a couple other you know, jabs and bobs out during it. I wouldn't be surprised. I, he usually, you know, that would be interesting to me because it appears he usually don't confront the people when face to face. Yeah. When's a coward? Yeah, yeah. He's a coward. So I I, I would be surprised by that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure we'll get to him later on this conversation before we're done. A couple headlines: mm-hmm. um, the New England Patriots won the Super Bowl again. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ain't, ain't, ain't no applause coming after that because it's just nah. <laughs> And, and I'll be honest like with you, Ron, and we were talking yeah. about it uh, Sunday when we were over there with the brothers selling the ribs and stuff. I, I like I like Bill Belichick. I wish he would have stayed with the Giants because uh, he's the he's he's from what I can see is the new Vince Lombardi. I mean, he's definitely the best coach in the NFL, or probably of yeah. all time. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Because if you look at the way that they do things in that organization too, they don't really they don't sell out a lot of money for players. That's not how they work. Like they their scouting department must be spectacular because they seem to find talent from people you would have never thought would end up being what they become. Like like Julian Edelman, he wasn't even drafted. I think he was like a Division three school or something like that. But that dude had damn near almost 200 yards receiving in the Super Bowl. Yeah. They couldn't couldn't guard him. It was crazy. And that's, you know who else, too, is, uh, uh, oh, man. Well, who is that, Gronkowski? Oh, he's a beast. He's a beast. He is a beast, man. Yeah, he's a beast. That's just like, for a man that big (laughs) to be that athletic, man, it's just almost unfair. It's almost unfair. I'm going to say, like, now, I don't know if you've been watching him through the years, and he's, and he's still good, but if you've seen, like, a young Rob Gronkowski play, when uh-huh. it was like, 
when you when you went to tackle him, it was a business decision. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was like, wow. do I want to risk losing my career if I make this tackle? So he used to just test the ball and just be like a like a, a full steam ahead, running over anything in front of him. And his mm-hmm. side show. He's a monster. He's a I monster. I I, like, I would say go ahead. I'm gonna say he he now he was a high a high uh, a high round pick. He was he was a high right. draft pick. So you've seen the talent in him coming out of college. Mm-hmm. But the the thing that amazes now I'm gonna let you get back to what you want to say. But the thing that amazes me the most about the Patriots is that it be guys that's unheard of. Like Tom Brady was literally the last pick of the draft. Mm-hmm. He was the last pick of the seventh round. And he is <coughs> arguably probably the greatest quarterback of all times at this moment. Yeah, I, I won't argue that. You understand what I'm saying? Like, that's, like, amazing to find something like that. Most quarterbacks, like Joe Montana, he was a first-round pick, right, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Favre was a first-round – I think he was a first-round pick by, by the Atlanta Falcons. All these – Eli Manning was a first-round pick. All these top-flight quarterbacks have all – it's like they've, the talent has always been recognized, and they've always gone high in the draft. You're talking about a guy who went the last pick of the seventh round. Hmm. I don't know if he was the last pick. But I don't know if he was damn near Mr. Irrelevant. And he is hmm. arguably the best quarterback of all times at this moment. Yeah. You got to check your hat to them, man. They know what they're doing over there. And, they, yeah, I definitely wish Bill Belichick would have stayed with the Giants. That would have been – to go – let's say – what if we would have went from Bill Parcells <coughs> Oh, my goodness. No, he wasn't ready then. Mm-hmm. I said we went from mm-hmm. Bill Parcells, then we had – I don't know, I forget who – no, Jim Fossil was in there. Somebody else was in there. We actually went to a Super Bowl with Jim Fossil, but we got destroyed by the Ravens. But then you had Tom Coughlin that won us too. Right, right. Yeah. If we'd have went from like Parcells to I don't know maybe Jim Fossil, no, we probably would have had to go to Belichick then because he's been with the Patriots forever. Yeah, because wasn't Belichick? Wasn't he originally with the Cleveland Browns? That was his first coaching we, gig. Is it coaching, coaching gig, coach. right? Yeah, his first head coaching gig, I think, was yeah. Cleveland Browns. Didn't he? Did he? Did he go to New England and then go to go to the Jets? Because wasn't he on the Jets for a short time too? I think he was, and then he and then he he followed Parcells to New England, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And then and then took over it after Parcells retired. Okay. Okay. Coach, I think coaching the Jets, I think. But yeah, man. So I mean, yo, I'm gonna tell you like. If you think about the talent on that team, it's a lot of hidden gems. It's not like talent that you knew was going to be something when he came into the NFL. So they got a hell of a scouting department, man. Right. And they ain't never they ain't never killing themselves when it comes to the salary cap. So that money is always there. See, Bill Belichick, I watched him over the years, and at first it was like, what is he doing? Why is he always trading his first? Why is he always trading back, trading back, trading back? Well, he was gathering picks the whole time. So he would have more of a, a variety to choose from. He had more picks so he could pick more players that fit what he wanted to do in his scheme. That's, that was smart. Yeah, it was. 
It's smart. And I'm going to tell you this, too. Now, okay, I respect the Patriots. I'm just sick of seeing them in the Super Bowl at this point. I'm just like, can we just get somebody else in there, man? But New England kind of got it made because, in my opinion, they go into every season with a guaranteed six wins. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Because they probably they probably in the weakest division in the NFL. You got the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Buffalo Bills. That's the three. That's the three teams in, in their division. Mm-hmm. Those three teams are nowhere near the stat the stature of the Patriots. Nothing, nowhere near. And you got to play mm-hmm. them twice each every season. That's guaranteed six wins every season. So all you got to do really is win at least four more games. And you mm. pretty much in the play. You can get in the playoffs at 10 and 6. You know, New England, they usually win about 12 games or something like that. But I'm saying, you walk in there already guaranteed like six wins. I don't think there's another team in the league that can say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know. I don't know, man, but yeah, you know, congratulations to them. I know a couple Patriot fans. I don't know where they came from, but <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like when mm-hmm. the Packers was winning a long time ago. All of a sudden, you start seeing Packers jerseys and stuff down here. I'm like, yo, where did y'all become <laughs> Packers fan? That's all the way out in Wisconsin somewhere. Like, like what 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 business do you have being a Packers fan? For real, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, congratulations mm. to them. So we back on it again, man. The Giants, you know, all, all we focused on is what the Giants are doing for the offseason. They got to take the quarterback in the draft, man. This, this right. got to be the year they take the quarterback in the draft. You got to do it. And it's a mm-hmm. nice young man sitting out there who already said that he wants to play for the New York Giants. He said he wishes they pick him. That's the um, quarterback from Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins. When you get a chance, oh, okay. look him up. Okay. Check him out, man. Check him okay. out. Okay. Okay. I, I seen him play. Yeah. I think he's actually from New Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So he want to come back mm-hmm. home. Bring him back home. That'd be a good story for the Giants. That'd be a mm-hmm. nice good story. So mm-hmm. you get you you have you a nice young talented quarterback who can learn behind Eli and possibly take over for Eli before the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Then you got a second year, Saquon Barkley, ready to go crazy. And then you got Odell Beckham coming back next year. So that's, mm-hmm. that's a nice little nucleus right there. Yeah. Start off with. Only thing you got to do, get get a couple more pieces for that offensive line. Show up the defense a little bit. Please get you a safety for the defense. Because we was getting torched. Hmm. I think we'd be okay, but I ain't gonna get my damn hopes up. Excuse me, my hopes was up this season. You see what happened, so. But I think we got a good GM that's gonna make the right moves. But oh yeah, speaking of Saquon Barkley, that boy won the uh, Rookie of the Year. I knew it was. Yep, I seen that. Yeah. All right. Yes, he did. I said, look, I told you that. I said the best player in this draft is hands down Saquon Barkley. So you do not pass up on that. Imagine this, right? Just imagine this. Okay? Let's paint this scenario. 
What if the Giants would have took a quarterback instead of Saquon Barkley? Could you imagine mm. how bad this season would have been? Oh well. <laughs> Just could you imagine how? I mean, the no, I could. could I really, I really couldn't. I really couldn't. <laughs> he he had close to fifty. He had between fifteen and twenty touchdowns himself, mm-hmm. and he had over a thousand yards rushing. So where were all the points going to come from? Yeah, I guess he had what a total of two thousand some yards. Yeah, from scrimmage because I think he he had close to maybe eight hundred yards receiving, and then he had mm-hmm. about twelve hundred yards rushing or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just, don't quote me on that. I think that's close to what happened. But still, yeah. Uh, just imagine if he wouldn't have been on the team, how bad it would have been. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Mm. At least we have something to look forward to see every Sunday. Because mm-hmm. every time he touched the ball, I think he's going to score. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm. But, uh, yeah, man, so I'm excited for the offseason. This is, like, the time where I really start to dig in, kind of seeing, you know, what players are coming out from the draft, kind of keeping an eye on who the Giants have their eye on. I look forward to seeing the combine on the NFL network, you know what I mean, the 40-yard dashes and all the stuff like that, so – yeah, I like this time of the year. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. So what other head what other headlines we got there, man? So I see um what we got? We got the uh let's say federal prosecutors seek to interview with the Trump organization executives. Oh hell no. Damn. Mm. So we got mm. we literally have the corrupter in chief. <laughs> that's that's what we got. Uh we got the corrupter in chief. That's what we got. Yes. Yes. It just seemed like the dominoes, like a new domino falls every single day. Every day. And that's why, you know, I, like I said, you know, I usually, you know, regardless of uh, who is elected president, I usually at least spend uh, some of the time listening to the State of the Union. However, it's hard when, like, almost every every other word or every other sentence, there's a lie. Yeah. And it's, and it's it, and matter of fact, they got to the point now where the stations are even doing fact fact checking as the president is delivering the State of the Union. That's how bad it's gotten. Yeah, it's crazy. It is. I mean, that's why I'm not, I'm not watching that thing tonight, man. It's just, I don't, first of all, one, I don't want to give him any type of ratings because I don't think he deserves mm. it. I think, you know, he just pollutes, he pollutes the nation every time he speaks. It's just, it's like a potty mouth where just shit just comes out of his mouth every time he talks. That's how <laughs> I feel at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I, I never looked at uh, America as a toilet, so I'm just, um, I'm just not gonna pay it any mind. I don't, I don't agree with that. But back, back to this whole thing. I mean, just two days ago, didn't they? Uh, okay, so I know the federal prosecutors are looking for that, but the two days ago, I could have swore the uh, Southern District of New York was looking at. Damn, what was it? it, it was they were looking else. at the inaugural committee, I think. Yeah, that that right there. So that was just two days ago. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's something new every single day. Yep. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. I really think now, let me ask you a question, man. Based upon everything that we see happen every single day, every single week for the past two damn years, all the new revelations that come out, all the investigations going on. How bad do you think this Mueller report is going to be? I think it would. I think based on all that we have seen thus far, the the guilty pleas, the indictments, I just think a lot of people would be hugely disappointed if it didn't conclude with the the Trump campaign conspiring with the Russians uh, during the 2016 election. I, I think it would. Now, since we all put a lot of stock in, in Robert Mueller, so we're going to, I guess, accept, you know, whatever comes out. But I think a lot of people would be disappointed because everything seems to be pointing that way. The, the circumstantial evidence is overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Now, you know, that would be my dream, my actual dream scenario. What's that? Is I would like... I would like Mueller to de- to to deliver the news. Like I want him to I want him I want it to be a press conference. Matter of fact, I don't want a press conference. I want him to come in front of the the House Intel Committee. I want them to have an open session, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want Mueller in his opening remarks, basically wanting to break down everything corrupt that was going on with this whole. Trump administration, everything. Lay it all out on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Which, that'd be cool, but I don't want him to stop there. I want him to then address the behavior from the people who did anything in their power or basically turn the blind eye to all this stuff that's going on and said anything they said that, that, can, that can tamper down all the BS that happens on a daily basis. I want them, I want him to address the American people that kept throwing support behind this man, basically letting them know that they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> so that that'll be my dream scenario. Like mm-hmm. you sat here, you know, throughout my investigation, you know, I witnessed how people turned a blind eye to this, blind eye to that, how people knew this was going on, this was going on, it did nothing, how people did, just, I want him to just go crazy because it'll be everything that we've been feeling over the past two years if he made a statement like that. Right. That would be my dream. I know that's, not, that's probably not going to happen. I know I'm reaching for the stars. Anything is possible, though. But I would love well, to do it that way. Well, my thing would be which uh, is not going to happen because they say Mueller is going to go by the current DOJ guidelines, which basically state that a sitting president cannot be indicted. Now, I have some reservations about that because what happens then, because, I mean, why can't a, a sitting president be indicted? Because isn't that the purpose for having a vice president? Isn't that the purpose for having a Speaker of the House? 
so in the in in the case where a president dies in office, the, the vice president steps up, and the right. vice president I would think would be in the loop. Now he would be in the loop if Trump allowed him to be in the loop, meaning that he was privy to these calls that Trump have with other leaders. That 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 bothers me. That bothers me a big deal because for one, you would think that you would want someone else in the room to verify what you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the opposition having someone to verify what they said, but you would want someone in that room to verify what you said. You would publish right. maybe a transcript, and maybe you would redact, obviously, stuff that was sensitive. But that bothers me. And, and I just, and, and we seem to, what disturbs me is that we just seem to give him a pass. There's always an exception when it comes to Trump. There's always an exception. Right. That, that, you know, that, that, that irks the hell out of me. Yeah, for a person who doesn't deserve an exception, basically. Right. You know what I mean? For no, for a person who has not lived their life to a point where it's like, oh yeah, let's just give them a pass. No, you don't get that. Not for your behavior. Right. That's like when your kid is acting up, doing crazy, they going to the store and tear it up. You going to reward them after that? Mm-hmm. Really? You know, and, mm-hmm. and not even on top of have you know with the whole the whole um, person there to transcribe you know the conversation or whatever. Not only to have uh, the conversation recorded, but I would assume, I mean, logically, a wise man knows he doesn't know everything. So if, if, if let's say Putin were to put these offers on the table and stuff like that, wouldn't you want to have somebody to, to be able to look at that and analyze it to see if that's a legit offer or if there's some type of shady stuff going on that maybe you couldn't pick up on because you're not, you know, you don't have an intelligence background and stuff. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, but, especially as a president, I, that's how I would want to move. I would want to make sure but, that the people, you know. Yeah, but he's smarter than the intelligence community. You know, like he's out there, <laughs> he's out there, I guess, doing all the work that they do, all the type of spy work and stuff like that. He's smarter than the intelligence community. He's smarter than the generals. He's smarter than most of the people in his cabinet, you know. So I don't know. Well, you know what, man? Since we're talking about smart, I know somebody else who ain't smart. Who's that? That's uh, that's Governor Ralph Northam. Oh, oh yeah, hell no, it's right. Yeah, not to jump from one subject to the other, but I just had to get before before we close out this show. We gotta talk about this. (laughs) <laughs> yes, we do. We do. Because it's like the picture comes out. First, you say you did it. It was you. Yep. Then you come back and say after after long discussion, it's not me in the photo, but I did dress in blackface because I was Michael Jackson one year, and I put a little bit of shoe. And then he had to go into detail. He said I put a little bit of shoe polish on my face, 
He said, but if you ever put shoe polish on your face, you know you don't put a lot because it doesn't come off that well. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay, let's think about this, number one, right? At some point in time, for you to know that if you put too much shoe polish on your face, you've had to done right. it. You had to have done it more than once. Okay, so what yeah. was the other reason yeah. that you had the black face on? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he just, how you come out? Yeah. How you come out and apologize and then say it wasn't you, but then you did do it one time. And then I'm gonna say, well, baby, you, did you see the press conference? Yeah, I see it. The work, the worst thing that happened. The deuce, the the reporter said, "Do you think you yep. the moonwalk?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally looked. He looked at the stage to see if there was space. Right, and his wife, his wife was like, hey, uh, uh, uh. No, no, don't, don't embarrass yourself, yo. She said, "This is not right, time. right." You, he had to literally consult with his wife to see whether it was a good time to do the moonwalk or not. Imagine if he would have did that. Imagine hey, if he she would, it would have been a joke, man, Ron. <laughs> that would have been that would have been a disaster. That would have been a comedy show. That would have been not oh, taken serious. It wasn't taken serious because he he did the shaggy defense. It wasn't me. Even though you called him, even though he admitted it was him, right. it wasn't me. Man, if he would have did that, if he did the moonwalk on the stage, I'd have been like this. Oh, <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> <laughs> you know, Ron, the thing, the thing is with this, I think I think people can change. I think had he, it's kind of hard to believe that none of his friends mentioned anything about that picture in the yearbook, or that was that was the atmosphere uh, at VMI, you know. Right. And it's just hard to believe, and he said. He never seen it until he, it was shown to him because he didn't he didn't purchase the yearbook and so forth. Yeah. Okay. So I just find it hard that I can go back in memory to when I was down south and I was and I was five years old or under, and I can remember right. things. That's how vivid a memory I have. And you will know if you dressed up. You know what I'm saying? And and what's sad about it, too, is that he used the same time frame to say that he he participated in a dance contest in San Antonio, Texas, the same year, 1984. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's, it's just weird. But here's what here's what I want to get across. Yeah. People can change. They honestly can change. Now, how far they take that change is something different. And I'm and here's an example. Here's an example. You're too young to remember Governor Wallace. I think he ran for governor four times. Yeah. And he stood in front of the door of Alabama, I think, University, 
and said, segregation now, segregation forever, something like that. So he was a segregationist. He followed the segregationist ideology. But let me just read this one paragraph for you. And let me show you just, let me just, in reading this paragraph, what I'm going to do is show how forgiving we are as a people. In the 1980s, Wallace renounced his segregationist ideology and sought reconciliation with civil rights leaders. In 1982, he sought a new term as governor and won the election with substantial support from black voters. Now, prior to that, he had been, uh, while he was campaigning, I think in, 90, in 1972, he was wounded and left permanently paralyzed below the waist in assassination attempt on May 15, 1972, at Laurel, Maryland. But I, I watched that movie where I don't know if you're, and you might be too young to remember this, the, the Mod Squad, where the guy that played Link, he was like his chauffeur and everything. And I think he ended up in the movie taking them to this black church where, you know, I guess he appealed to the black, to the black congregation. But I'm saying we do have the compassion, the ability to uh, look beyond your past deeds. You know what I'm saying? And I I believe, yeah, I believe, I believe that's, I, I can't, I just find it hard to believe that Northrum did not believe there was something like this in his past. And what he should have did when he ran in the primary, that he, that he what, what, what politicians have got to do because now, well, I'll tell you this, something was wrong because I don't know why his opposition during the general election did not pick that up. So that's, that's, I don't know what type of people they had working for them, but usually they would dig into your past and they would pick that stuff up. So I'm surprised that didn't happen. But what I think politicians have got to do, if you plan to run for public office, you just got to put it out there and let the people decide whether they feel that you are so far removed from that person that you were back then that you have done things to support your current status that they would take a chance on you. And he won, he won, he won uh, Virginia. He, he got more votes than any other Democratic governor, I'm told. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he probably has changed. And at the time, okay. You know, we, we, we grow up in the groups that we're in, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The people we hang out with. And sometimes you get pulled into doing things that you probably normally wouldn't do. And this could have been True. one of those situations for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've done, I've, done, I've done a lot of dumb things growing up myself, hanging out with the wrong people. It, it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. 
but he had an opportunity to approach it a different way. When you when yeah. you like, it's almost like you you um, insult the intelligence of people. Um, I mean, basically, the, it's a page in a yearbook dedicated to you with that picture. Yeah. So why would they put yeah. a picture of somebody else on the page dedicated to you? Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and then you came out and said it was you initially. Yeah. To come back right around again saying that nah, that wasn't me in the picture. But but I did mm-hmm. do blackface one time when I was Michael Jackson. Yeah. The same year. He had opportunity. Yeah. He had an opportunity to be like, listen. Um, I'm very disgusted with myself regarding this picture that's in the yearbook. He said, I remember this. He said, like, I remember this vividly. Um, it's something I'm ashamed of, and I worked my whole life to to make up for some of the stupid things I did uh, back in the day. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, he could have been listen, I'm asking y'all to give me an opportunity to prove myself that this is no longer the person I am. Let me remain your governor to prove who I am as a person. If he'd approached it from the beginning like that, he maybe would have had a chance. And maybe. Th- but then... But didn't a person, a, a Secretary of State, what was it, from Florida or somewhere, who dressed up as a, a Hurricane Katrina victim or something? Oh, I don't, I don't remember that. That's crazy. Yeah, it was about like two or three weeks ago. This person resigned. And I think he was a Republican, too. So that's the other thing, Ron. We have to show no difference uh, as to what party you are affiliated with. You know? Huh? So you're blowing up over there. It's oh, not guaranteed. Yeah. It's not guaranteed that he'd have still ended up being a governor. He might still have to That's true. Out. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the end yep. of the day, his approach he, I think he would have garnered respect for his approach and he could have went out you know, on a better note, because right now what he's doing, people just like, listen, man, you just gotta go, because you know, we can't ha- we can't sit here and fall for the okie doke within our own party while we're criticizing the other party for the same thing. You can't do that. Right. Right. So at this point, he just he, he just got a roll, man. And, uh, and we Virginia right now, we in a tough we in a tough situation because we got what's going on with him, and then the lieutenant governor, he got his own situation going on. That's another situation that that yeah. Um, but I I I agree with what uh, I think somebody from Virginia said today. One of the one of the uh, politicians said, "Let's deal with this. Let's 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 address this northern issue. Then let's separate. Let's don't put the two issues together. Let's separate them and let's deal with the let's deal with the lieutenant governor situation. You yeah. know." Yeah, you because well, you know they they definitely gonna do that. You know, probably on Fox News every five minutes they run in the fact that the other dude was um, accused of sexual assault. You know, they run that every five minutes. So so yeah, because see now that becomes a challenge for the Democratic Party because in, like any of these uh, any of these twenty twenty potential candidates and stuff like that, they're not gonna want to go to well, they're not gonna want to go to Virginia. And be seen standing with Northam, okay? Then they're not going to want to be seen to see, see standing with the lieutenant governor until that issue has to be resolved. That issue has to yeah. find out because it, it's this is two people, two people 
the guy that was running for lieutenant governor and the guy who, who ran for governor. Now, both of them won. And stories like this did not surface. Right. It's something, and I'm not, I, I, I don't get into a lot of conspiracy theory, but it did come from a conservative website. Now, regardless of the source, is the story credible? Well, the governor admitted that the story was credible the first night. Right, right. Then he changed his story, sadly. Yeah. Uh, now, the uh, lieutenant governor said the post, but they couldn't get any co- colla- collaboration or cooperation from the uh, witness, uh, I guess, who came out and made these allegations. So, and he says, it was a consensual thing. So, you know, you got to be careful with these things. And what we've learned, and what I've learned, if, any, is in, if anything, I've learned from Al Franklin. And he's a prankster. He was a guy that liked to joke a lot and stuff like that. Right. So was he, I think he should have got the benefit of at least, well, more women started coming forward. You know, so right. you have that instance now. And that's the case. That's, that's well, I don't want to start something that says, well, there has to be more than one woman to come forward. No. It just right. has to be able to, you have to be able to confirm these allegations and stuff like that, you know. So it's just, it's yeah, just I mean, a terrible situation. Yeah. Everybody's well, proven guilty. Well, that's what we're told. But then well, I, some I of us are it's, it's yep. supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Definitely supposed to be. So, you know, let 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 uh let it take its place. But let's not, you know, mix the two issues. What what, what right. uh Ralph Northam is going through is completely different. And right. you know, as, as Virginians we, we need to address that. Just, you know, let them know what we're gonna do. I mean at this point the right thing for him to do would just be to, to move on, man. Just, just move on. I think so. I think the longer he hangs in there, the longer he drags it out, because he has no nobody, no nobody is going to want to be seen with him. Right. I want to be seen with him? Yeah. Oh man, so much drama going on. Yep. Um. So, so I don't know. All this drama going on, then you got the State of the Union going on tonight. I know it's going to be just a bunch of. I think what I am going to tune into is the response from um, from the Stacey Democrats. Stacey Abrams. I want to see. Yeah, I want to see how Stacey Abrams do, does in that moment because I think this can be um, this can be a big moment for her. Hey, you know who I have that I've been following a little bit. What's that? They announced their uh, their run for president. I've been listening to uh, to Cory Booker. He's he's been on a couple places right. talking about his run for uh, for president. And um, I mean, I say this: um, Corey, he definitely has he he has that kind of passion in his speech that can that can kind of reel you in. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I think Obama kind of Obama had the same thing. Like his his ain't, his ain't on the level of Obama. Obama was different. Obama was just like you. As soon as he opened his mouth, you wanted to listen. 
you know? Right. Cory Booker has that he has like this ultimate passion that you can you can kind of feel when he speaks. I think the thing with him though is that he's going to have a problem when it comes to like authenticity. Cuz it's like does he really feel that passionately about it or is he just being extra? That's kind of that's kind of where you fall when you listen to him speak. You mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Mhm. Now I just got to see, I'm going to have to see more from him because, you know, from my, the friends I got in Jersey, you know, a lot of people got complaints about how he was doing things, you know, as a mayor out in North. They didn't really like right. the fact that he was, um, from what I hear, they, they took it as if he was just selling the city away. That's, that's what a lot of people tell me that I talk to from back home, mm-hmm. you know. But at the same time, you can't argue with the um, the sort of the renewal of North that's 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 taking place since he has been the mayor. You can't argue with that. It's a completely different place from when I lived up there. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah. you have you have you have areas that definitely look the same. Like you know the street that you know we lived on, that looks the same in most cases. But you go downtown and it's a whole other world, man. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of people thumping their chest about Newark and how Newark has rebounded and so forth. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, you got you to gotta take that into consideration as well. So, and you know what? He's, and the thing on top of that, too, and I got to give him credit for, is that he's he's lived it. Like, my man, when he came to Newark, he's not from that area, but he came and stayed in the projects when he came to Newark. Mm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I was like, that's now I don't know anybody that's gonna come from a good life and move into the projects. I don't, know I don't think I would. Yeah, I know I wouldn't do that. <laughs> he, he actually he he moved into the projects and he he talked about this lady who um who stayed there uh, where her son had gotten killed in the same hallway back in 1987. She still lives in the same place. Now she can afford mm-hmm. to move on, but she's right. Still lives there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, you know, he he has. It's almost like he walks the walk at the same time. So I got to give him credit for that because a lot of people yeah. don't do it. Yeah. But I think he is going to have when it when it comes to speaking up. When it comes to speaking to people, I think he's going to have a problem uh, with authenticity. He's going to have to prove himself every time he speaks. Mm. Hmm. But, um, well, I tell you, some good things, man. Yeah, we have an array of candidates, a diverse array of candidates, which is good. Yeah. Uh, it's more reflective of the country in which we live, that everyone feels that they can aspire to the highest and most powerful office in the land. So that's a good thing. Now, what I will say with Obama. Unfortunately, Obama had to be this picture-perfect type person. Couldn't, right. couldn't, couldn't lean too much one way or the other because if he did, then he would have been accused of favoring the blacks or whatever, you know, and he probably right. may right. not have won. And what I noticed too, Ron, look at the people that are running. It looks like anyone so far, so far, that 
was a leader in the civil rights movement, they don't hardly stand a chance because it has that polarizing effect. You know what I'm saying? Although they were fighting, they were just fighting for equal justice and stuff under the law. The law as right. we understand it, as, as we understood it. That's all they were fighting for. But coming from that background, I think, uh, tends to penalize you. Now, with Obama, he didn't come through that. Yes, he assisted areas in Chicago that were depressed with helping people with their getting their, their um, you know, their rights and stuff like that. And the, the benefit of Obama, what made the connection with the black community was Michelle Obama. Because Michelle Obama came through, that's her parents came through the same struggle as many of our parents came through. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that yeah. gave him cred. That gave him cred with the black community and so forth. So I think what, what Obama did, and which I believe was necessary, he opened the door. Now that the door is open, people can be more aggressive in how they push for certain benefits and certain rights. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I want you to, when you get a chance, and this, this, I'm, I talk about it, and I, I don't want to go back to the show about the end, but real quick on the Cory Booker thing, like, it seems like when he, he's, it's, he gotta have, he gonna have a problem with authenticity, man. Cause it's like he he it's almost like he memorizes all these different quotes. So it's like every time he's answering the question, he like refers to oh so and so said this, and at one point in time so and so said this. It's always like a quote. So it's like is is he 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 seems like a like he studied on what he needs to say in order to get to where he wants to get to. That's kind of where it comes off sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I think that's the, that's the issue he's going to have. I think I think re- remembering quotes is not bad if you can tie it to a, something that's happening currently. You know what I'm saying? And, and he and he does that, but I mean, how many quotes are you going to throw out in one conversation? You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. So, but we at the end of the show, man. Another good one. Another good conversation. Uh, you know, we get into it, man. We lose track of time, but <laughs> anything you want to say real quick before we get out of here, man? No, son. I'm just uh, like I said. It was it's, a, it's another good episode podcast, and I look forward to the next one. I think our new format, I think, is helping us. Uh, I think we see the results in the the latest statistics that we that we review. You know, absolutely. And we'll be back next week, probably same time. Hit us up on Twitter at the underscore provocation. That's with an A and not an A. Listen to live. We appreciate it. Tell everybody. Tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the provocation. Real people. Real conversations. And when that's said, we out of here, man. All right. <laughs>